I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Georgia. Georgia. The whole Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. <clears throat> I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today, as always. And we do have a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, elevate the conversation, divide that rage from the reason, and make sure you can connect the dots and make the news make sense today. And, of course, we do have Georgia on our mind today, all eyes on the state of Georgia as it relates to two critical Senate races uh, taking place there today. And uh, the uh, balance of power in the United States Senate will uh, be determined by who wins those races today. So we're going to break into that and uh, cover that as we go throughout the program today. Look at what's happening, what has happened there in Georgia, and uh, how that's all going to continue to to move forward as the country tries to to move things along just a little bit. Uh, we're also going to talk today about uh, how we get more voices at the table. Uh, we'll uh, play a little bit from uh, the new lieutenant governor, uh, Deidre Henderson's speech from yesterday. She has some really interesting things to say about how their administration will go about ensuring that all voices are heard. Uh, we're also going to talk about a big old day of reckoning that's coming to American politics. We'll cover that uh, coming up at 1150. You don't want to miss that. And we're going to break down what that really looks like and what that means. And also, as we continue to follow the pandemic and the rollout of the vaccine for the COVID-19 virus, uh, looking at who gets it first and why, and some questions that are being sparked uh, as different states go about it differently in terms of who they choose to vaccinate first. That'll be coming up at 1135. So stay with us throughout the hour today. A lot of ground to cover. And as always, we want you to help us. Elevate the conversation. You can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. Uh, weigh in today. Let us know what's on your mind on a Tuesday and how you're viewing what's going on in Georgia and what will take place tomorrow as the Electoral College votes are counted uh, in the House of Representatives and the Senate. Uh, a lot of conversations happening around that today and we'll have those all day long here on KSL News Radio uh, as we look at what our members of Congress are doing and uh, how they intend to vote tomorrow and what that all means uh, in terms of the uh, final really the final final tally in terms of the 2020 election cycle and uh, on to what is next for the nation and uh, what's next for the state of Utah here as well so let's go back to Georgia since that is on our minds today, I've, maybe we should have done The Devil Went Down to Georgia. That's probably the song we should have gone with today. Uh, we could get down there. Uh, but a lot of things going on, and depending on which side of the aisle you're on and who you're hoping wins down there, it was very fascinating uh, just to see how the last 24 hours have played out. 
in the state of Georgia. And I think uh, both sides uh, probably would say the devil went down to Georgia. The Democrats will say that President Trump went down to Georgia as the devil. Uh, And uh, those on the right may say that uh, President-elect Joe Biden went down to Georgia uh, to stump for these two uh, Senate candidates uh, on both sides of the aisle. Again, a balance of power hanging with uh, votes that are being cast today. Uh, And so first, let's go to President Trump. Uh, He held a rally last night uh, outside... uh, uh, Dalton, Georgia, I guess is where he was Monday evening and stumping there for Kelly Loeffler and uh, for Senator Purdue, David Purdue, in that uh, election runoff. And uh, here's just a little bit of what uh, President Trump had to say last night. Our entire nation is counting on the people of Georgia in a way the world is counting on the people of Georgia. The fate of our country is at stake. It's in your hands. You must deliver a Republican victory so big that the Democrats can't steal it or cheat it away. So, again, the president saying on his theme, and it was interesting to me that uh, the vast majority of his speech last night uh, didn't even mention Kelly Loeffler uh, or Senator David Perdue. And the runoff uh, was uh, much more about his election uh, and the dispute that uh, he continues to hold there in terms of what happened in Georgia. And so not surprising there. Uh, It was interesting. Uh, Again, if you flip to the other side of the aisle and uh, the the president-elect, Joe Biden, uh, also had a same uh, a similar focus problem as President Trump had in that Joe Biden didn't focus on the runoff either. Uh, he was not focusing on uh, Reverend Warnock or uh, John Ossoff, uh, the two Democratic Senate candidates. Uh, he was focused on himself and uh, on his uh, ongoing battle with President Trump. You have two senators who think their loyalty is to Trump. Not to Georgia. You have two senators who think they've sworn an oath to Donald Trump, not to the United States Constitution. So again, that's uh, Joe Biden uh, weighing in last night. And it was really that was the interesting thing to me last night was that neither Joe Biden nor Donald Trump uh, focused beyond themselves. The focus was was really on their election and their position of power. Uh, and all of those things. And, and uh, so that was an interesting thing. And, and here's the here's what I'm watching for today. So we know there were about three million votes cast uh, ahead of time in the state of Georgia through either early voting or absentee ballots. Uh, so there's a good chunk uh, in there. They are expecting today in the state of Georgia to have about a million more votes cast in person today. And my question is, is really going to be the Coming down the home stretch, uh, you had these uh, two big uh, elections in November. And remember, on the Georgia ballot, uh, I think they had 18 names on the ballot uh, in the uh, Loeffler race. And now you narrow that down. And so how many of those people who voted for someone else are going to show up again and vote based on party or based on uh, really all the negative campaigning uh, if we thought we had some negative ads flowing here in the state of Utah in the 2020 election cycle, uh, that was a Sunday picnic compared to what's been going on down in Georgia for the last 35 days. And they have had literally spent over almost a half a billion, half a billion dollars on ads were spent by both sides of the political aisle, uh, literally saturating the market. It was probably the the best economic stimulus uh, Georgia has ever had uh, to have all of that advertising money and all of those dollars going into the state for these two Senate races. Uh, But the vast majority of the messages that were sent were negative messages. 
either negative towards the Republican candidates or negative towards the Democratic candidates. Uh, almost impossible to find on their airways, on radio, on TV, uh, and social media. Really hard to find an ad that was a pro, a pro Warnock ad, or a pro Loeffler ad, or a pro David Perdue ad. Uh, they're all just negative stuff. And the calamity and tragedy and Armageddon that would surely ensue if the other side wins the election. And I'm telling you, in January, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who shows up today in Georgia and how many people have just uh, decided they've had enough and are not going to show up and vote today. Uh, that's where I think, uh, as we look at what happens with the exit polling and, and kind of the analysis after this, the election uh, votes are, are counted today. That's what I'm going to be watching for is what happened and did all the negativity and did all the negative campaigning, did it drive or keep some voters at home and who actually got off the couch, went out and uh, cast their vote today? Did Joe Biden have an influence based on last night? I don't think so. Did President Trump have an influence based on last night? I highly doubt it. Uh, if anything, President Trump may have had a negative flip uh, just because it was so focused on him. Uh, I think some of those folks who may have said, well, I will show up as a loyal Republican and cast a Republican vote to keep the Democrats from taking over the United States Senate. I think there were a number of those people. But based on last night, uh, if they were watching, if they were tuned in and listening to President Trump, uh, I wonder how many of those uh, have had enough. Uh, and won't actually show up today. So uh, a lot of breakdowns that are going to continue to happen as it relates to the race down in Georgia. Again, over half a billion in ad revenue, <clears throat> in ads placed, just in the last, that's not the whole campaign either, by the way. Uh, that's just in the last 35 days that there's been that much money spent on advertising in the state of Georgia. So then you add what happened in their primary races in the spring, what happened in the general election in the fall, a whole lot of money uh, went to Georgia this year in terms of the uh, Senate elections, most costly elections uh, for sure in a Senate race uh, in our history. And uh, just very interesting. And <clears throat> just so you're all prepared, I am not sure we will get to a firm conclusion tonight. Uh, there are a lot of ballots to be cast and a lot of ballots to be counted. And I think the, you're going to have so many uh, additional uh, watchers, poll watchers, count watchers, that I think the process is going to be slow. And so there's a good chance, there's a good chance that we won't even know uh, who wins those races uh, before the end of the night tonight. And so we just have to fasten our seatbelts, hold on there. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference one way or the other in terms of the Senate. Many people are wringing their hands saying, oh, if the Democrats take it, it's, it's going to be all over because Democrats will control House, Senate, and the White House, uh, and that will be trouble. But if they do, they're only going to, have it by the skin of their teeth, only by the vote of the vice president, by the way. Uh, Kamala Harris will become the deciding vote in the Senate uh, if it's a 50-50 split. And so I think there's a lot of things in the Senate that just have to be done, have to be done by 60 votes. And that will continue. So things are going to have to get towards compromise. And uh, hopefully that will lead to some better conversations uh, in the days and months ahead. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, uh, we are going to look at this idea of courage and this idea of inclusion. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. 
two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.